Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Edelberg. And once again, welcome to the back of the range. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 172. It's a short week with Thanksgiving weekend right around the corner, but wanted to share another great episode featuring another USGA champion. Before we get to this episode, a few housekeeping items and a special announcement. As always, make sure you're subscribed in Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Many more episodes are coming your way before the end of the year. Tournament golf will be slowing down during the holidays. Only a couple tournaments left on the 2020 calendar before thankfully getting to 2021. So stay tuned. Keep sharing the podcast. If you know someone that is into golf and you know about this podcast and they don't, fix that problem. Tell them about the back of the range. I'm blown away with everyone buying up shirts and hats from the merch store. The broomstick shirt is, well, if you know, you know. It's a great shirt that my buddy Tom in England designed for me. If you know someone that uses the long putter, it's a perfect gift. There are now t-shirts with the back of the range logo on them. The towels are still there. The trucker hats continue to be popular. That being said, I'm going out of town again so I won't be around to ship out the hats or the towels for a bit. There are plenty in stock, but if you buy one after Black Friday, I don't know, is Black Friday still a thing? If you buy one after Friday, then uh, you'll need to wait a while before me to actually ship them out to you. So buy them before Friday. I can ship them out soon. If not, as I said, you'll need to wait a week because I'm leaving. Where? Well, I'm going back to Texas. Yes, Merido is at it again. I'm going to be covering the Merido Amateur Championship. Truly humbled and honored to be asked to cover another incredible tournament at Merido. This one will feature the best amateurs in the country, many of which were just named to the Walker Cup practice squad team. It's 54 holes of stroke play, and then it goes to match play, very similar to the Western Am. Since COVID has disrupted many of this past summer's most elite amateur tournaments, well, It's Albert Huddleston and the tremendous staff at Merido to the rescue. Can't wait to get back there to cover it, so you know what that means. Follow on Instagram. You could follow my page, the Back of the Range podcast, but also Merido Amateur. Follow Merido Amateur on Instagram for photos, videos, interviews. I'll be there the entire week, and I'll do my very best to bring you all inside the ropes. Finally, before I get to this episode, you know, Thanksgiving is tomorrow. I have so much to be thankful for, especially this year. Have my health, friends, family, and this podcast. Every day I see a picture with my towel on someone's bag or my hat on their head or a message or a review saying how much they enjoy the back of the range. It's really hard to comprehend at times. The relationships that I've built through this podcast are too numerous to count, but I cherish each and every one of them. So thank you very much. I hope that everyone stays healthy and enjoy your holiday as best as you can with the people that you care about. My guest on this episode of The Back of the Range is Bob Royak. He is the 2019 U.S. Senior Amateur Champion. I had some time to get to know him at the East-West matches. He had an incredible year in 2019, racking up titles 
in the Georgia State Golf Association as well as capturing his first USGA title at Old Chatham. We spoke about his win, what he does to stay competitive as an elite senior amateur. Let's get right to it. Bob, thanks for joining me. Welcome to the back of the range. How are you? Great. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, you know, it was great to get to know you and meet you and, and talk to you a bit at the East-West matches at Merido. I know that you and the other 36 guys that are mm-hmm. you, the other 35 guys are just kind of recovering from, uh, you know, just the travel and the incredible event that uh, that we had there. And we'll kind of get into your start in the game like we typically do here at the back of the range and highlight some of your achievements. But, okay. I, you know, how can we not ask an, uh, your thoughts mm-hmm. on just really an incredible collection of, of amateur golf and, and how the whole thing uh, occurred. Um, do you have a, an immediate takeaway that you were telling friends about, like when you got back from the East-West matches? Um, well, first, what, wasn't it a, just a great – I thought it was a great event, a yeah, great yeah. place. Um, you know, Albert is a terrific host. Uh, he's he's very proud of what he has done there, <laughs> yes, and he, he should is. be. <laughs> and uh, – Boy, it's, I think it's a special layout, really good golf course. It, I, I liked it immediately. That probably helped, you know, help my game along too, because I, I uh, played pretty well even through those days. Um, but terrific condition, uh, great caddies. Every caddy that I had, each one of those rounds was, was spot on. And um, we had a blast. We just came up a point short, unfortunately. That was, uh, that was really was great. Uh, it, was br- it was brutal for the East. And I mean, just, but I, I, as someone mm. that was covering it and really a fan of amateur golf, I was actually very pleased to see the fact that almost each and every day, um, the entire boat, both squads were either all together on 17 or all together on 18. You can't script that. I mean, it's unreal how it comes down to the last match, was, which is the anchor match. I actually can't think of anything in <laughs> Ryder Cup or Walker Cup. I, I, I'm hard-pressed to think of a time where that would occur. I know. Yeah, it was uh, like Langer-esque um, at um, – uh, Kiowa. I was thinking about that Kiowa. too, but, but I don't yeah. think, think Langer and Irwin were the anchors, but maybe they were. No, yeah. no. I, mean, I can't remember either. But So I'm standing behind 18 off the side there watching those guys play 18. And I, we're standing. I'm saying there's no way he gets this within 30 feet. Yeah, you're talking about Kristovich's uh, chip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the chip. I'm going. Okay, he's going to have 30 feet, and it looks like you know we might pull out a tie. Yeah. And then he hits that flop, that shot up in the air, and to make it stop like a foot and a half or whatever, that was one of the greatest shots I've ever seen. Yeah, I I've talked <laughs> to many people about it. I'm sorry that you were on the other end of that shot, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, it is wow. what it, it is. What it is. Who did you now? You obviously being around the game and being around amateur amateur golf for as long as you have. I'm guessing there's no one there that you really didn't know. But but is there anyone maybe well, you reconnected with that maybe you know su- you know surprised you? No, to be honest, to be honest, um, a lot of those guys were new new meets. I mean, um, I probably knew I know Gene a good bit just here in the last year or two, and um, Gene Elliott. And of course, the guys on our squad, um, I'm very familiar with all those. Jeff Knox is a good friend. He lives here in Georgia. Doug Hansel and I have been friends for, gosh, 20 years. We play four balls all, a lot together. Um, a lot of practice rounds, just about every event he and I play together. So he and I know each other. But everybody else, I know Mike Muir on the Mid-Am side. I knew Scott um, from playing. I played with him at Gasparilla, and I, I got paired with him. We were paired with him at Pinehurst in the four ball couple years ago he and todd um 
and we got to watch them hit it 50 yards and 80 yards by us <laughs> on every hole. That's fun, <laughs> but, uh, isn't it? Oh yeah, it was great. They're great guys. It was fun. Great, great to know them and stuff. But so that was about it. But so it was so much fun to be able to even the college kids. It was great to sit down and have breakfast and, and lunch and dinner with those guys and just uh, just get to know them. Yeah, it was a very very special event. I, I'm I'm thrilled that it that it turned out the way it did. I, I know that it's going to be back at Merido in 2022. So uh, you know, keep keep your game sharp. They're going to need you for, for this. Uh, for the rematch um, before we get into other uh, interesting topics around the USJ events you've played in. Don't want to skip over the fact that, uh, you know, I want to learn a little bit more and want listeners to learn a little bit more about how you got into the game. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me about kind of the family, uh, you know, upbringing as far as, uh, uh, you know, athletics and, and golf uh, goes. Sure. So um, I grew up in Albany, just outside Albany, New York in the town of Gildeland which was, um, gosh, you know, we had about a, maybe a six month season of golf up there. And, um, my dad, uh, was a golfer. Um, and he's the one who introduced myself and my brothers to the game. You know, he grew up in Fairfield, Connecticut and learned the game as a caddy. He caddied at the country club of Fairfield growing up. He, he lived within walking distance of the course. And so he got to just love the game. And, um, we were members of the club just in Gildeland there called Pine Haven country club. And that's where we he just got us some balls and clubs and said, go on out and learn the game. That's how we did it. So, so really it was, and then you have, you have two brothers. So you have Jack is, um, is it Jack and, and Paul? I know Paul's younger, Jack's older. So do you have any other yeah. siblings or was it just three of you nope. guys? Just, just, yeah, just, just us three. So we always had a foursome whenever we went out to play, which was oh fun. My and, gosh. Uh, <laughs> you know, we had a, it was, it was a good place to grow up. You know, we back those back in those days, it was you played everything, right? Um, right. You know, baseball, foot. We played football in our backyard and baseball down the street in a lot, and little league baseball and just all basketball, all kinds of sports growing up. And golf was just kind of what we did during the summertime, and um, yeah, it was fun. So we just started probably when I was maybe eight, nine years old, and got to play, you know, back in, and even in those days, you had to play with an adult after, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon. So my mom would have to tag along with us sometimes right. just so we could go out and play sometimes. Just so that you had adult supervision. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who, now, if I, if I talk now, I've actually played golf uh, with and against uh, your younger brother, Paul, down here in Florida. We've, we've played in some state events and a couple other uh uh, a couple of tournaments up in the uh, Lakeland area. So if you take me back to uh, growing up and these, these foursome matches, uh, paint the picture of typically how this would go, who partnered up with your dad uh, or did you? Just uh, yeah, that's a good your... question. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, we probably mixed it up a lot. I don't think there was any, any one uh, kind of pairing on that because, you know, when we were that age, when you were um, pre-teens and teens, Jack was always better than I was and I was better than Paul because right. we were about two, three years apart. So, you know, we were never really on an equal level, equal footing until, you know, we got into maybe high school years. Um, and even then Jack, you know, Jack was a couple of years, but he was still better than I was. Cause he, he could just, I was a little guy. I couldn't hit it very far, but I could chip and punt. So, sure. um, you know, and, and we didn't play, you know, we played like interclub matches. That was a big deal in, in the area back, you know, in the summertime. And then I'd play a few of the state events, uh, maybe when I got 15, 16 years old. You know, it was a big deal to go to like Elmira or Cornell or Binghamton or something to, to play in a tournament. That was like a big deal. So, um, 
didn't have like uh, the the kind of junior golf or kids golf that they have going on these days. Well, I'm glad it's a perfect segue into that because you 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 leave <coughs> you leave New York, and I know you, you go to college down at the University of Tampa, looking for some warmer weather. Um, oh yeah, and and I'm guessing not only looking for warm and warmer weather, but different kinds of competition, and then also different kinds of golf courses. So I'm guessing up sure. there you're playing. Got to be playing a lot of bent grass, a lot of tree lined, and then you come. Oh down yeah, that and, was a yeah, yeah, that was a shock to the system to, <laughs> to go go from um, you know the grass we played on in New York down to Florida. I had never been out of New York State um, or you know anywhere south. I just went there, you know, sight unseen basically. Um, wanted to go to warmer weather, thinking I could uh, go to a school and a program where I could get on and play right away. Um, and uh, UT was a Division two school. So, um, I felt like I had a chance to get on there and compete and play. And what's so crazy is, you know, most people don't think about, um, like I know, like when I'm thinking back to like us mid-am stuff down here and, and a lot of the guys that qualify and then go to play like in Pennsylvania or they go play in Maryland or New York or, or wherever, it seems like the Florida guys have a little bit more trouble adjusting to the different grasses that are up north. Mm -hmm. And you, you often wonder how, you know, how good do you have to be or how good is it when you can travel and play just about anywhere in the country? Well, I guess, you know, if, you know, I know we're going to talk about other things, but, you know, I'm kind of stuck on this kind of topic right now about, <laughs> about tips. Like, how do you adjust to the different grasses? How do you go from, well, you know, Georgia, yeah, I, to, you know, how do you go to Georgia and then maybe go play a, uh, you know, a Portland yeah. country club. Sure. It's so I, as long as I've been here in the South now, even since Florida and uh, we've lived here in Georgia for uh, almost 30 years now, it's, it's not easy to, uh, you know, you get accustomed to Bermuda greens and fairways and rough and you go to the, the different grasses out West or up North. And it's, it does take a little bit of getting, getting used to. Um, that's why I've, I felt when we were at old Chatham last year, I had an advantage. I think all of us here in the South had an advantage because guys from coming from the out West and coming from up North, I think they had a hard time playing on, uh, playing on our turf down here. Sure. And it showed too. I think most of, you know, Georgia had a whole bunch of guys that made it to the uh, top 32, top 16. Yeah. I think you had, the, like uh, seven in the, you had like seven, you had like seven in Something the tournament like that. and then mm -hmm. all, like six or, yeah, they all, almost all of them made match play, which is incredible. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, let's talk about old Chatham. You, you pick up the, the 2019 U.S. senior amateur title. I mean, last year, just an incredible year, not just that, but you know, you win the senior amateur. I know you won the senior match play. I mean, you really yep. kind of ran through the state. Yeah, it was a good deal. Yeah. You yeah. had a good, you had a good year. It's uh, anything, did, is there anything you did win? Let's, let's focus on the negatives <laughs> for a bit. What did you not do? I don't know. Yeah. yeah it's a while ago now. I mean, no, I did, I did. Okay. I'm not going to complain. Uh, it was a good year. Um, even won the, um, you know, the overall player of the year for Georgia, which is, that's, you know, that's a really cool thing to be able to uh, win that. Cause that's kind of something that's, you know, a, a, a pick from the, the, you know, the committee from the state of Georgia. So I actually won that two years in a row and that's a real honor. Good, good. Did that, you happen to yeah. show, did you show the trophy to any of the young whippersnappers that tried to get it out, get it away from you? I mean, <laughs> I mean, who who are, who's the young people that you really enjoy saying, "Hey, by the way, I'm not sure if you knew, but uh, you know, I'm the best player in the state." I mean, you know, well, they're they've also won too. You know, uh, guys like David Knoll, he he's a multi winner of that of that award as well. Um, boy, there's a lot of good 
there's a lot of good players in Georgia. Oh, yeah. So to uh, come out on top on something, any of those kind of awards, is um, it, it's it's pretty nice. Oh yeah. Well, you make your you make your run there, and I know you're no stranger <laughs> to USGA championships. I think you got about 16, 17 to your name. Mm-hmm. Is that about right? Yeah, I think I think seventeen, something like that. Or Lisa was. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm. I'm not sure if that's counting the two we played this year. Yeah. Did we play two this year? Well, I played in the no. U.S. Amateur, I guess. Well, you played. You're so you're you're abandoned, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that yeah, and then I don't think there's anything else you could have. Played. No, I think that was it. That was yeah. it. So, um, I guess my question on this is: you've been at, you know, you've made. Like, you know, you know, as well as I do, I just had Sean Knapp on the podcast, another U.S. Sure. senior amateur champion. That was his lone <laughs> USGA victory, just like yourself, mm-hmm. you have the one to your name. And I know you've played in U.S. senior opens. I have to ask you about that. But you have numerous really good runs in the USGA, uh, in USGA championships. Um, is there a time where you start thinking to yourself, like, you know, I'm, I'm you know, 60s right around the corner. Can I still do this? And how do you keep not just your game sharp, but I guess at this point, it's more about keeping your mind sharp yeah. so you can do this. Well, first, you, to just qualify for one of those events is a is a real task. I mean, those just to get through those qualifiers and, and to be eligible to get into those tournaments is a, is a pretty good feat in itself. Right. Um, you know, fortunately, I don't have to worry about qualifying now for those seniors for about 10 years. You're so that's good. That's good. You know, qualifiers are, you know, a one-day shootout. You have to finish usually top two or three or four or something like that. Um, you know, I had a nice uh, – this is going back um, – when we played at John's Island Club for the U.S. Mid-Amateur, I qualified for that one. Yeah, And that was the first yeah. – yeah, that was the first USGA event that I made it to the match play. So, you know, I, play, I played a number of events along the way, a bunch of U.S. Amateurs and Mid-Ams before that. Never made it to match play, but I made it to match play – and beat uh, Geronimo actually in the first uh, first round. Nice. Um, so that that really gave me uh, some confidence going forward. After that, I felt like okay, you know, I can I belong there, and I, you know, there's no reason why I can't win some matches going forward. So, you know, when I got into the when I got to 55, I felt like okay, if you get in this in the match play part, you never know what's going to happen. So, uh, the I, I made it through to the match or to the uh, match play round in each of the first three years um in the senior am so when we got to old chatham i felt i had a you know my game was in good shape and if the breaks go my way i might be able to win a few matches well you clearly did that <laughs> you made i mean you, you ran ran all the way through and i know that you, yeah. you know, this was a i guess a testament to to a short game because you you weren't uh this wasn't yeah. a boat race of of a you know of birdies throughout this thing and i i guess I guess, you know, kind of some of the things that I look at when I was not only at East West, but when I'm whenever I'm out at a, an elite amateur tournament, you, you know, you have to stop looking at what people's golf swings look like. You, you can't look at that because you can walk past someone and have no idea at the skill level that they have. And I guess maybe that becomes more apparent as you get older when you realize, hey, I don't care what this looks like. I, I'm just nah, going to get the ball in the hole. Get it in the hole. Yeah. So I've been fortunate. My short game's always pretty good in pretty good shape. And I, I had the putter working really well that week. I didn't have a three putt until the 17th hole of that final match. So my putting was, uh, was really solid that week. And, um, 
you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a funny game. Some, some weeks you have it, some weeks you don't that, you know, the greens set up really well for me. They're very much what I caught with at home all the time. They were fast and firm, you know, no, you know, USGA doesn't shortchange you. Even if you're a senior am, they played that course 7,000 yards. Um, (laughs) you know, the, the three to four inch Bermuda rough, it was like, if you hit in the rough, you couldn't, you almost couldn't hit the ball or stop the ball on the green. So you had to drive in the fairway, you know, get it on the green and, and keep it underneath the hole. And um, it's a great, it was a great setup. Yeah. Now I know we can talk about maybe the moment that you won. And I mean, I'm sure you're going to remember forever making a five footer on 18 to, to, to win it and the arms go in the air and you get the trophy, but yeah, that picture everyone can see and look up and you'll have that I'm sure framed somewhere. If you don't already have, I've it. got some videos of that got, too, which are pretty cool. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So you have that memory. <laughs> But yep. let me ask you maybe about a memory that isn't readily available for someone to, well, that wants to revisit that championship. Can you think back to a match and maybe a stretch of holes where oh, yeah. you were thinking, mm-hmm. man, this is not going to happen, but you turn it around? Oh, yeah. So, you know, actually, I had a couple matches where I was red hot and, um, you know, one pretty early. And then um, we got to the semifinal. Actually, I played Billy Mitchell, I think, in the uh, quarterfinals. And, um, he took me to 17. Billy's a good friend of mine. It was a good match. And, uh, but then I had Jeff Wilson to play in the semifinals. Um, and Jeff was a defending champion. Sure. And, um, I had to get it up and down on 18. We were all square. Uh, I think we were all square on 18. I hit in the left bunker and I got it up and down. It was probably maybe a one out of six or seven chance to get it up and down. And I got it up and down for par to have the hole there. And then we went to number one and he hits it like 80 yards by me, knocks it on the green in two. And I had laid up to about 90 yards and got it up and down uh, from about 90 yards to have that hole. And then ended up winning on that third extra hole. It was, that was a match. That was a match. (laughs) Yeah. That was crazy. Well, you mentioned you're playing against, you know, a a friend and it just kind of hit me, you know, these, these kids that play each other at the USAM. Yeah. Maybe, Mm -hmm maybe they're going to see each other in a college tournament. They'll know them, but you know, maybe there's not as many close friendships at that level because there just, you know, hasn't been enough, sure. enough years for them to know each other. But in senior amateur golf, I'm guessing that you're like, you just said, you're running against people that, you know, and friends and, you know, even, Absolutely. even looking back to, to, I mean, gosh, I, I can't believe we have to give him more publicity, but you know, Sean Knapp, you know, playing that, that, that match against Nathan in the 2012 U S mid and where they're both really dear friends. And, um, I mean, how do you play and compete against friends when you both really, really want it? Yeah. I don't know. You just, uh, you just hone in on your game and just try to, you know, make pars and, uh, see, see where it goes. Um, you know, I, that's funny when you, when they put the pairings up after the metal play rounds, you know, I always look at, at the brackets and see who's <laughs> fallen where, because yeah. like you said, we know, I know, you know, I know most of the guys and you know who you don't want to play early and who you're going to end up maybe down the road. And, um, I'm, I'm looking at guys like Gene Elliott and Doug Hansel and, and those kind of guys and, and hoping that we don't play each other in the first round. If you got to play Paul Simpson, do you bring the bottle Paul, of wine? Oh. To the, do you bring a bottle of wine to the first <laughs> tee and just hope he gets distracted? Yeah, I don't want to catch Paul. Wow, <laughs> what a great player he is! <laughs> I, uh, I've I've known uh, about Paul for years and years. I have not had him on the podcast. I, he is he is scheduled to, to be here soon, but I remember seeing him 
was like, let me let me see this guy's action. He was playing one of the practice rounds. He was kind of hitting a few shots on, I think it was, oh gosh, whatever day that was, Wednesday or Thursday or something like that. And I'm like, let me go check this out. And man, he just stripes this three-wood on 10. And all that's left is water. And the fairway looks like just a, 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 a carpet. And he just pipes this thing out there. I'm like, all right, I've seen enough. Let me go back to my camera and let me just let me get away from this guy. But, no kidding. Holy cow. So I played with him for the first time, like this is maybe 20 years ago at Pinehurst. Okay. And there was a, some kind of tournament. Uh, it was a um, some club champions event. And I got paired with him one day. I had no idea who he was. And <laughs> first, first, and okay, I'm looking, first, first, first impression of Paul Simpson. What is it? Yeah, I'm like, who, you know, he just kind of hits this, slaps it down there, down the middle. And uh-huh. he's got the big straw hat on. Uh-huh. And, uh, but he, every putt, he looked, every putt he hit either went in or looked like it was going in. It was unbelievable. I'd never saw anybody make more 30 footers in a round of golf. It was incredible. And then I got, as I got to know him and know of him, he, yeah, he's just a, <laughs> just a tremendous player. And, and uh, wow, one of the best putters I've ever seen. I, uh, I was sorting through the photos of the East West matches and I was putting up a little library and I guess it was probably, it must've been at midnight cause I just wasn't thinking straight, but I literally put up in the same gallery, a picture of Paul with a beer and a picture of Paul with a glass of wine. I was like, <laughs> I was like damn it. Why'd I do that to him? And he did a great job too. I, that was tough. Um, doing those pairings on the fly like that. Oh. Um, I thought it was a great, the, you know, the, the format, the way they had to put up a team and then match up a team and he did a great job. I thought it was so great because yeah, those guys were so into it. Him and Holcreve and yeah. Marsh and, and <laughs> man, I drove past him half the time and I'm like, "How's it going, Cap?" And they're like, "Oh, duh. exactly. You got it." Oh, I don't know. I'm like, "Okay, I'll leave you alone." I didn't realize it was that stressful. Just, uh, um, wow. Well, yeah, I'm uh, fantastic. Now I I've been wrestling with this question. Um, you know, it's really hard to think of feeling bad for a usga champion but i do feel bad because a lot of your your 2019 u.s senior amateur win gets you into the following year's u.s mid-am and then you're supposed to be at the obviously defending your title uh at the senior amateur and then in the u.s senior open and your traditional pairing is going to be with um, you know, Longer, who wins the British Senior Open, and with Stricker, who won the U.S. Senior Open the previous year before. And as we all know, COVID wiped out a, just yeah. about every single one of the USGA events except for the two amateurs and the two opens. And, I mean, what was it like for you? I mean, obviously, there's more important things out there as far as your, right. your health and safety, but you're sitting there, you're seeing how things are getting shut down in March, and you're kind of waiting I mean, can you walk listeners? Yeah, through so they that? were. Yeah. yeah, USGA was great. They really kept me informed on what was going on. I I kind of had a heads up on things before it became public. Um, they they would give me a call or shoot me a note and say, "Hey, here's what here's what we think's going to happen," or "Here's they're going to announce something in a day or two, and here's what's going to happen." And I, I was really looking forward to playing in Newport. We had already we were already sketching out plans to, uh, you know, where we were going to stay and practice around right. and, and all that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, so hopefully it's, you know, everything should just roll into Omaha next year. And I don't think the field will change at all. I don't think, um, it should be pretty much the same. So you'll have your, you'll have your exemptions. You'll have all the opportunities mm-hmm. to do that. Just basically you're just postponing it a year. Yeah. Just one year for that. 
and um, the mid am will be. I think the mid am is still going to be at that same same location next year, and the senior am is going to be at Country Club of Detroit. So they um, they kept that same location, but just next year. So what are some of the things that you have done maybe over the last five years that have you feel, I mean, obviously we can talk about your, your, this can go in many different directions, practice routine, <laughs> equipment upgrades, um, you know, physical fitness, but I'm sure it's a mixture of a lot of them, but is there something really that you feel has been, you know, something you could pass on to people that are listening that say, Hey, maybe I don't have this much time to spend, or maybe I can't right. go get, this putter and this driver, but is there maybe something that you can communicate that you feel has really helped you? That's very attainable for people listening. So I, um, you know, I try, I've tried to maintain my club head speed. It's like, I'm not trying to increase it. Like a lot of those guys out there, I'm just trying to maintain it when you get to 59, sure. um, try not to lose anything. I, I spend a lot of time working out. I, you know, I've, I've really stepped up my, um, eating better, sleeping better, um, weight training, that kind of thing. And I think it's paid off for me. Um, so it's helped me keep my flexibility. I do a lot of stretching. I do a lot of, uh, foam rolling and all that kind of thing. And, and it seems like it's helped me out. I'm, I mean, I'm playing as good a golf today as I've played in like forever, actually. Wow. Um, so it's, it's, I don't know exactly why, like golf, golf wise, I don't, I haven't really changed a whole lot. Um, I don't take lessons and I hit a lot of golf balls. I like to practice, but maybe I'm just practicing the right things. I, I drive the ball better today than I ever have. And if, if I drive the ball good, I'll, I'll score good. I mean, simple as that. I mean, just got to put the work in, but then also work smarter <laughs> as you get older. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. It's nice to, uh, you know, I have the time to put into it too. Um, fortunate. Uh, my wife loves the game and she encourages me to get out there and, in practice and playing events and things like that. So um, that helps a lot. Well, you mentioned your wife and boy, I'll tell you what, it's like, you're, it's like, you're just, it's like we're sitting next to each other. You're just pointing to the, to my notes saying, all right, here's where we're going. This is great. So you, you and your wife own, uh, you have your own company, the Royat group. You mm -hmm. do a lot of it, you know, do it staffing in, in Alpharetta. And right. <laughs> you know, it's funny is that, you know, the, the, I guess the typical story is, you know, the, the guy has to try and, you know, beg borrow and steal you know mornings and afternoons on the weekend to get away to the golf course and um and maybe you know take off work early during the week you know sneak out for an evening nine but you can't i don't know if you could do that because you worked with your wife so she knows where the hell you're going at three o'clock yeah she knows so how do you but she encourages me I, I mean i am so lucky and fortunate <laughs> she she loves golf she hasn't played that much these days um but she loves to go to golf tournaments this year has been terrible because because of the whole uh, shelter in place thing. So, um, but she, she loves to uh, get involved in golf tournaments and watch me play. And, and um, so, you know, I'm really fortunate that I can, I, when I have the time or when I can, I can get out and hit some golf balls or go play with the guys. And um, it's not a problem. And when she listens to this, you're just going to make more brownie points. So this is brilliant. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. What are, now I've talked to other guys that, that the, the wives like to travel and, and, and maybe the wives like to say, Hey, maybe you should go play in this tournament, you know, down at Kiwa on the ocean. What's, what's your wife's favorite tournament of yours? Uh, let me think now. She likes, um, I guess going down to sea Island's not a bad place. There you go. <laughs> So that's probably, that's probably the best, Joe, uh, Joe you know, senior. 
Yeah, exactly. Yep. Nice. Nice. Um, well, I, I want to ask, uh, before I let you go, and I, I, I kind of skipped over this, but, you know, you, you did play professionally after uh, after your time at the University of Tampa. I know that. Yeah, a see, little bit. Was, it, uh, was that around J.C. Goosey tour uh, time? Down yeah, there? sure. Yeah, there was a Florida mini tour. There was a J.C. Goosey tour. Um, yeah, there was, a, there was a handful of them. You know, it was just a big bet, basically. You put up your three, four, five hundred dollars $500 to play a two- or three-day event. Yeah. and um, see if you could come out with some cash out of it. Now, the reason I'm asking this is because, you know, you're, you're very involved, and in, as you said, you, you're basically, uh, you know, leading the, the point system for the seniors and, and for all amateurs at the uh, Georgia State Golf Association. And I'm guessing you're, you've been running into these young kids like, you know, the Spencer Ralstons and the Phillips brothers mm-hmm. and all these Georgia kids. Maybe what are some of the things that you're seeing out of them as they are thinking about embarking on a pro career that maybe you've you've shared some of your knowledge or you've just seen the difference between the, the decision-making and the opportunities that they have compared to what you had? Well, I mean, I, it's a blast to play with those guys. I played with some young kids at the in the stadium this, just this past summer at the athletic club. And um, first of all, they hit the ball 800 miles. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just they've grown up. They, the only thing they know is metal woods, right. And right. swinging hard. And, um, you know, we grew up with uh, heavy persimmon, you know, skill shafted clubs. So yeah. it's, it's a big, it's a big change. So their, their game is just, just, um, hit it as far as you can and, and, um, go find it. But yeah, it's fun to watch them play how they manage their game. Um, you know, most of the time they, they could, they could use a little bit of help when it comes to just, you know, managing the game around the greens and things like that. But, uh, it's fun to watch them. So what is, uh, so, so we're, we're kind of leaning in here to Thanksgiving and to the holidays and I'm guessing there's not a whole lot to play in because the weather does get a little bit chilly just about everywhere else except South Florida. But, um, I guess yeah, I don't, yeah, this time of year, I kind of don't mind shutting it down. Yeah. Um, you know, we play Gasparilla is kind of the next uh, first event I'd look at in the in next year, and that's in February down in Tampa. And so I don't mind taking uh, a lot of time off in December and January and just try to come out fresh and and uh, ready to go. You mentioned Gasparilla. Now, people listening in the Florida and South Florida area, or, or I'm sorry, in the Southeast, may be familiar with this tournament, but it's at uh, Palmasia, uh in in Tampa. And it's really, it's not affiliated with the State Golf Association. It's kind of a standalone invitational. They have a, you know, regular, uh, you know, open amateur division and senior amateur division. But it's one of the most unique tournaments because the course is relatively short. I think it's probably in the 62 to 6300 mm-hmm. range. Mm-hmm. And the membership goes absolutely nuts for this thing, which is the point where there's bleachers around the 18th hole. There are scoreboards. There are evening cocktail parties. I mean, it is an absolute event. And I know you've played in it several times. I know your, your, mm-hmm. your brother's involved with it. And um, can you maybe share a, a perfect Gasparilla story that would possibly <laughs> communicate to listeners just what kind of an event this is outside of the fact that it's the best amateurs in the country are making so, the pilgrimage? Yeah. The last few years, uh, especially, they've really stepped up their recruiting process and, and have gotten ter- terrific fields. Uh, Derek Busby uh, won it last year. Um, I think the year before, I played with Matt Parzi Alley, and I've played with uh, Scott Harvey in that event. So they've done a great job in drawing 
the best players from all over the country. Um, you know, and they they get so many people on that um, on those last days, like Friday and Saturday. If the weather's good, there might be a couple thousand people out there watching the golf tournament, and it's it's just fun to meander through the crowds and and try not to uh, hit anybody as you go along. Um, and it, it's it's a fun golf course and it's a fun event because I can play at my age. They have a senior division, and you're playing the same tees as the mid ams. And I feel like if I'm if my game's a little bit sharp that week, I have a chance to uh, compete for the overall there too. Well, I I've played in it once. I want to try and get back into that thing at some point, or at least go check it out because it is it is a party uh, disguised as a golf tournament. So um, yeah, it's, it's it's a fun event. It's a fun mm-hmm. one. They have probably the best logo in golf too. I would oh say. yeah, got a <laughs> skull and crossbones. Can't beat that. Yeah. So. Well, Bob, um, glad we got to meet and, and spend some time together at, uh, at Merido, and glad we got to get some time here at the back of the range. Um, stay healthy, enjoy the holidays, and next year it will be your, your USGA do-over, so to speak. So I'm sure you're going to be getting ready for all the, uh, the great opportunities and, and events you're going to be playing in. So thanks for stopping by the back of the range, and uh, we'll do it again next year. Awesome. Thanks much. Appreciate it. And there you have it. Special thanks to Bob Royak for joining me on this episode here at the back of the range. Don't forget, follow along on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go ahead and follow Merido Amateur on Instagram as well, as I will be at the Merido Amateur providing coverage the entire week. Have a great Thanksgiving. Stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll see you next time here at the back of the range. <laughs>